This episode is brought to you by the Nordstick, the number one way to train your hamstrings anywhere at any time. The number one injury burden in the game of soccer is, you guessed it, hamstring injury. What better way to prevent this than using the Nordstick? From endless Nordic curl variations for your hamstrings, to other lower body exercises, to even upper body and core exercises, you name your goal and the Nordstick can help you get there. Use the link in the description to learn more and get 10% off. Once again, use the link in this episode's description for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Sebastian. Sebastian, what's going on, man? Yo, what's good, Andy? Um, just chilling, man. Just had a little bit of a driving weekend. Went to North Carolina, came back, and got to see Atlanta United win yesterday, so that was good. Um, mm, weekend before mm. it was rough, but we don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> how have you been doing? <laughs> doing good, man. You know, just living life the usual. Uh, season for the Academy Boys is, is finished, so a little bit of, of rest and recovery and, and still working, but not working as much as, as the past few months. But, um, but yeah, no, enjoying the weather, 4th of July weekend, and it's finally good weather up here in, in New Jersey, New York area. So uh, happy to be here. Um, well, we were talking about this a little bit before. We were excited about this episode because we're going to be able to talk about how to prevent having repeat repeated injuries. So why don't you get us started on that? Yeah. So, I mean, first things first, uh, this is a podcast. We are not your medical provider. Um, if, if you do have an injury, we, we highly suggest that you speak to a medical provider, whether it be, um, a physical therapist, athletic trainer, uh, sports medicine, physician, anybody who you trust, make sure that they are your number one source. Um, because although we're giving you advice, it may or may not apply to your specific injuries. And there are certain injuries that, you know, you need to address seriously from the get-go. So um, if that happens to be you, be sure to check out a, uh, a medical professional to give you specific advice. But in terms of general advice, we have quite a lot that we can discuss today uh, with today's topic being rep- re- avoiding repeat injuries. And by repeat injuries, we mean Oh, I sprained my ankle, then I did it again. Two weeks later, I did it again. A month later, I did it again. I sprained it six times on my right, four times on my left. Or, oh man, it's always my left hamstring. It's always going to go. And I, I, I've i pulled it six times in the last seven, eight years. Uh, situations like that where it's like, man, if I can get to the bottom of this, then ideally we'd be in a much better place. Uh, so we have four tips for you today. Tip number one is know what injuries you've had in the past, because if you know what injuries you've had in the past, you can make a plan to hopefully reduce the risk of them in the future, because the biggest, biggest marker and predictor of future injury is going to be your past injury. So if I know that somebody's had three, four hamstring strains in the past, that is going to be a high priority in my prevention routine. Why? Because the more likely, the more you've had these injuries in the past, you're more likely to have them in the future. So 
it makes sense. And I feel like that happens with soccer players a bunch. Um, like, um, guys will come in to tryouts or we'll be in the middle of the season and they'll be like, ah, oh, like, yeah, like my, my groin's bothering me. I'm like, oh, like, when did that start? We're like, ah, oh, actually, like, it's been bothering me all season. I had this injury the last three or four seasons. And I'm like, cool, cool. Like, would have been great to know about that. Like, we could have talked about how to, like, plan around it and how to try to reduce the risk of that happening. Um, but you guys kind of have to, like, be honest with yourselves. Be honest with your medical providers, too. Um, know, know that history so you can know what you're trying to prevent in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any kind of examples that, that you've had of in the past of either um, players or yourself or, or repeat injuries that um, you've tried to at least address with uh, with the work that you do? Yeah, so so literally that has happened this season. <laughs> I had a player come up to me with that and I was like, okay, like, wish we could have done something sooner, but let's address it now. And thankfully it wasn't too bad. So we started addressing it immediately with the um, Copenhagen is just like overall strengthening stuff. I've also had it with a, cu- a couple of guys will come up to me at the start of the season. And, um, one of them in the past came to me, he was like, Hey, like, I don't feel a hundred percent yet, but I've been coming back from the same string injuries. The second time it happened to me, so like, I really want to make sure like I finished treating it correctly this time before like playing in a game. So I was like, perfect. Like, let's, let's do some testing. Let's like assess the strength. Let's assess mobility side to side let's start like a full like return to sprinting program like do things correctly and dude ended up being able to play the whole season he ended up having no recurrence of injury recurrence of injury throughout the season and it's been similar with a couple guys that have had like previous history of ankle sprains now it's hard to it's one of those things like chicken and egg like can we fully say like guess the fact that we did this like 100 percent made it so that the injury didn't happen during the season no but we definitely lowered the risk by addressing things ahead of time. And I feel like with as, a, as an athlete, as a soccer player, if you're trying to play as much as you can, you need to be available. So you want to do all the things that can maximize the chance of you being available to play when coaches calling on you. Mm. Yeah, that's that's top because, I mean, part of avoiding the risk of repeat injury is successfully completing your rehab because that risk skyrockets if your rehab is incomplete and you're trying to go back to an activity uh, that won't accept that incomplete rehab. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, what, what's what's tip number two here? I mean, we, we kind of bled into it a little bit, but... <laughs> so tip number two is knowing what your current injury is, um, but as detailed as possible. So if you come to me and you're like, oh, I have a, an ankle sprain, a lot of different routes we could take there's we we need to know the severity we need to know what ligament um now you, you might not be able to like as an athlete with no medical education you might not be able to tell us what ligament but if you're able to point to at least like one side or the other um or where in the foot like or it happened or which way your ankle turned if that happened that that helps and that's where going to a medical provider once again like we talked about beforehand going to a medical provider can be helpful even if just to get an initial diagnosis and you can kind of go from there um, for hamstrings too, like we, we kind of know which hamstring is more likely to be the one that has an injury, but at the same time, we want to know which side ideally, or which muscle, which specific muscle ideally, um, and just, just about anywhere in the body. Um, I, I think the more important part is knowing the severity of the injury though. Mm. So if we, if we know like a, a muscle 
strain or ligament sprain is grade one or grade two, like we kind of can set expectations. We can have a preliminary timeline. We, we try not to be like, yeah, you're going to be back a hundred percent in 10 days or in 20 days. We don't do that, but we can, we can have a vague timeline of when to expect to be progressing things as long as things go well. Um, but if, if we don't know if it's a grade one or two, or if we, for some reason, like aren't able to notice that it's a grade three, which is a much bigger deal, then that affects rehab, that affects your long-term timeline, that affects the ability to get back to playing as soon as you can. So being as detailed as possible, the diagnosis can help. And again, that's where medical professional comes in. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times players will self-diagnose themselves, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you're going to need a little bit of self-thought to get yourself to the right medical provider. Um, but just know that wherever your pain matches up, the injury doesn't always obviously correlate with that as well. So uh, for example, let's say you pull your hamstring and you're like, man, my hamstring, it's been bugging me for weeks. Well, is it your hamstring muscle or is it hamstring tendon that goes with it? Or is it the sciatic nerve that's all up in there behind it? Because the way you treat those three things are very, very different, but the pain you feel might feel the same for all three. Uh, so it's it's super important to make sure that you have an accurate diagnosis because if you don't have an accurate diagnosis, you don't know where you're going. You have no point to aim to. So you can't expect to avoid repeat injury if you don't know what your injury is in the first place. Facts. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I tried. Clip, clip that. <laughs> but uh, I will. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear from us about two more tips we have to prevent injury into the future. So don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Team Builder. If you're a physical therapist, fitness coach, or personal trainer, you need to know that Team Builder is the number one app for exercise prescription. Whether you're working with a few clients one-on-one -on -one as a side hustle, or you're working with hundreds of athletes in an academy setting, there's no better app to prescribe exercises for remote or in-person training than Team Builder. As someone who's used Team Builder for over two years, I can wholeheartedly say it saves me time and helps my clients perform at their best. As a bonus, Team Builder is offering a 12-week soccer strength and conditioning program that comes with your 14-day free trial. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed, all while reducing risk of injury. Head over to teambuilder.com and sign up with the code SFE to get started. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, it's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. Okay, we are back here on the soccer fitness experience Tip number three, and this is the tip that most players likely get, and it's part of the, the soccer culture, uh, but have a prehab or activation routine. 
Um, this routine can be directly tailored to your injury. And a lot of players have a lot of really good success using this tactic. Um, so if you've had an injury in the past that you want to reduce your risk of having again in the future, an easy way to do that is to pick two or three exercises that are targeting that muscle group and do it before every single training session. And if you train three to four times a week, that means you're hitting that muscle in terms of strength three to four times a week, which will do wonders for reducing your injury risk overall. Yep, agreed. Um, I have a couple of talk with players I've worked with recently that we've done exactly that. Um, they, they have a little nagging injury going on and it's not so much that they need to not play or like set anything out, but it's just kind of like making sure that everything is really ready and primed and good to go before you start training or playing in a game. Um, sometimes you have conversations about like, okay, maybe limit your long passes, crosses or shots in training for the next week so that you can like, essentially like save your hamstring for the games at the weekend. Cause some of these dudes have tournaments that are like four games, four games at the weekend. So I'm like, yeah, if you're, if you're taking like 50 shots a day in training, plus all the crosses, like you're just kind of overdoing it. Plus you're super right footed and you're not taking anything with your left foot. <laughs> so, super right footed. <laughs> so y'all like, know just, who you are. Y'all know who you are. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but, um, those, those little things, like little things you could change right there um, in training and before training too, um, are super, super helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, even me, like I, so I, I think another good avenue to, to look into this is even starting this program before your season starts. Um, if you know that my season's starting soon or it's starting up in the fall and I'm halfway through the summer here, start that program now because we all know that that first two, three weeks is going to be so tough on your body. It's going to be hard for you physically and mentally to get in that extra work if you haven't been doing it already. So definitely consider starting that before your actual season starts and you'll feel good day one. And if you feel good day one, maybe you'll play good, maybe not, but I can guarantee if you don't feel good, you probably won't play good. So um, definitely look into that. And I mean, even in my own life, I, I started playing more tennis recently and uh, I had like a weird shoulder dislocation type of thing in the past. And two, three weeks before I started playing tennis more regularly, I started myself on a little shoulder prehab routine and now it feels great. I, I don't think of it at all. Um, and you know, struggles aren't that important in soccer, but everything else, it matters. The same principle applies. So there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't try and give it a go. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. And I mean, they don't matter until you're playing a champions league final and you get taken down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. This is like the first thing that popped to mind. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fi final tip of the day. Um, I think this one is huge and it has to do with something I was talking about a little bit before, um, but having an open conversation with your coach, um, so that they know a timetable, they know what to expect. And so that way you're not forced to do too much too soon, or you're not returning sooner than you really should be. And that kind of comes down. It doesn't have to be always like you, the player. Um, if, if there's a way to foster a relationship between your medical provider and your coach, that's, that's ideal. 
Um, cause it's sometimes uh, a coach hearing from a player like, Oh, like I don't feel great today. Um, or like my hamstring is achy or whatever it is that, that might be said like that. If I don't, if I don't already know, I guess I can wear both hats. If I don't know that that player is already seeking medical help, then I'm kind of wondering like, why aren't you addressing this? Why are you just telling me now? Or if, but if I am being told ahead of time, like, Hey, I've been working with this physical therapist or the strength coach, or I've been going to my physician or whatever. And they told me it should be about like three, four weeks. Um, or they told me this week I can start playing 15, 30 minutes in the game at the end of the game or start of the game. Um, that that's different. And then if you, if you can even open up that avenue so that the coach is talking directly with the medical provider. Now, most coaches don't love doing that. Um, that, that way, you as an athlete can just focus on doing your thing. And then like those, those two people can have the communication that they need to have so that you can be put in the best place possible, best situation so you can succeed and not like be risking things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the older and more experience you get, the more important that point is because, you know, missing a, game when you're U13 is very different than missing a game when you're U17 because, and that definitely changes if you're, you know, under 23 reserves type of player, because the stakes are higher and you can't afford to be missing time that is meant for you to develop and improve and move on to the next level. Because at U13, it's as simple as, all right, well, you know, take you out of the rotation. We have five, six of the players. We'll, split up the time and the result doesn't matter as much. But if you're in a higher position, higher age group, higher intensity level, then all of that stuff does matter. And communication is everything. Um, number one thing to reduce injury risk in players is know their injury history. Number two is constant communication between medical staff and coaching staff. Um, so it, it's, it's right up there and it, it's so vitally important to make sure that that happens. Yeah, man. I think that fostering those relationships is huge. And I think doing it in like a, a pro team environment is a lot easier than like I play for this club team that has no medical provider. And I go to my, other, my, my PT who works for this other company and like they have nothing to do with each other. Um, so I, I think once you make it into like those bigger clubs that do have either uh, an affiliation with some kind of local um, physician group, PT group, it, it becomes a little bit easier. Um, but in the meantime, you as an athlete or parents too, like you kind of have to be your own advocate and do that communication between everyone yourself. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even, even take it upon yourself to make sure the message is delivered because you can tell your PT or your coach, Hey, can you reach out to this person, that person and be like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And I mean, trust me, they have their full intent of actually doing it, but why don't you be the one to be like, okay, I'll set up the group chat. Yep. You know, that makes life easier for everybody you get what you want more effectively uh, so be sure to, to take initiative 100 all right that is it for today of course make sure you guys share this episode um, give us five stars reviews in itunes and spotify if you can and we will see you all next week peace